Welcome to Red Maryland Radio, the Red Maryland Network's flagship show. Here are your hosts, Brian Griffiths and Greg Klein. And we are live here with another brand new episode of Red Maryland Radio on the Red Maryland Network coming to you from the Al Davis studio in the bucolic and unseasonably warm western shore of Maryland along the banks of the semi-historic Magadie River. You are listening to Maryland's conservative voice, the voice of Maryland, the only the only game in town for the coverage that you get here. Red Maryland Radio on the Red Maryland Network. Special Wednesday edition this week. I am your host, Brian Gervis. With me in studio, Greg Klein. Good to be here. We have got a lot to talk about here tonight. There's a new Goucher poll, which you um, certainly have seen things about all over the place. The Democratic running mates are continuing to beg a question, Greg. Who? Exactly. Um, Chelsea Manning is being Chelsea Manning and not, you know, in, in ways that are even very Chelsea Manning for Chelsea Manning. And okay, um, whatever that means, and, we'll explain later. And, and, and in our last segment tonight, it's fun time because we got a lot of feedback from some of the biggest fans of Red Maryland. We have gotten a lot of feedback. We encourage it and we say the more negative, the better. And, and obviously you took us at people, what we said. So. People delivered. So we will talk a little bit about that feedback here tonight. All that in your phone calls too, 760-259-2711 if you are uh, reading along at home on this unseasonably warm yeah. winter evening. It was like 84 degrees today or something like that. It was, was warm. It was Which nice. was warm. But it's going to be cold again tomorrow. Or oh, sure. Again. Well, well it is, it's, it's, just, it's just a taste. It is winter. We still do have, you know, a week left in meteorological winter. So before meteorological spring starts on Thursday. When is uh, daylight savings time? March 11th. Oh, that's like a long way from now. That's yeah, like fine. two weeks, two and a half weeks. Is it? Holy crap. <laughs> yeah, it's two and a half weeks away. <laughs> um, what's not two and a half weeks away, though, is the results of the Goucher poll that came out uh, yesterday, which has, of course... The Maryland political world all a buzz, if you will. And, I will. I will. And, because we talk about these all the time. And it's not going to... First off, let's get this out of the way first, okay? The Goucher poll, and I, I know I've said this time and time again, the Goucher poll gets a lot of publicity. Sure. The Goucher poll is scientifically flawed. Right. Okay? We should have... And by the way, Dr. Cromer, we'd love to have you on the show and really nerd out about methodologies and data gathering because the poll was that no other show will let you do the poll was conducted for 800 maryland adults right okay. which by the way right there and i know i don't, I don't and i didn't pull up the sun article there's a link at redmaryland.com i mean the sun is always spinning these polls to maximum advantage for the democrats i'm shocked and so shocked this one is oh I, I love what they did here. We'll get to it a little bit later. Sure. But right away, when you look at the differences between, uh, we talked about the Gonzalez poll and this poll, and you notice the numbers are a little bit different. Mm -hmm. The number one reason for that is Gonzalez polled likely voters. Right. And they're polling adults. Well, now, to be fair. Oh. To be fair. We're nothing but fair. Yeah. The, the poll results were broken down amongst registered adults and, excuse me, adults, and then registered voters. Again, not a relevant polling metric. Right, right. You know, nobody uses adults to do to do election serious polling. polling yeah, to do serious election polling. Uh, registered is 
unfavored, especially right. as you get closer to the time. Right. Likely, Likely voters, voters is, is the only at. is the only methodology that's closely reliable. Now, and it explains the difference in and of itself. Now, take that in mind too, because the that means the numbers that you are looking at here when you when you look at the Goucher poll, right, are better. <laughs> Yes. What they actually say. Yes. Okay. The likely the the population of likely voters, it, it by every historical measurement and every historical data set you can look at will be more favorable to a candidate like Larry Hogan. Yes. Yes. Even so, okay. Right. Just taking all this into account, Governor Hogan's approval rating is at sixty one percent. Yeah. A a it is one point. Lower than it was in September, okay? In so the same poll. Basically unchanged. Now, of course, if you looked at, like, the Maryland Democratic Party and the Democratic Governors Association, they needed a tissue after they read this because they were they were just freaking out. They were, they were ready to throw a parade that Governor Hogan's approval rating fell less than the margin of error. Yeah. I, oh, he's not as popular. And they keep wanting to see a trend. Of course, we saw with the Gonzalez poll, when you talk to likely voters— that number goes up to seventy-one percent. Correct. Yeah. So you can funny see, how that works. You can see right there the difference between adults and likely voters. Go ahead. Forty-six percent right. think that the governor is a moderate, uh, as opposed okay. to twenty-nine percent see him as a conservative. Seven percent as a liberal, and seventeen percent say they don't know. Okay. Me, can I just comment on that? Sure. Because this is one that Dr. Cromer kept pushing. Her it pushed her 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 um theorem is that the governor can only win if he presents himself as a moderate and so the fact that the poll shows that 46 percent of marylanders think he's a moderate is a good thing i that's flawed in a lot of ways i mean i i think i think the governor wants to appear moderate to people who don't want a conservative (laughs) you know and i think that kind of reflects that but people aren't ants i it's what are these weird questions? Like, how would you answer that question? Would you answer that he's how would a moderate? I answer it. Right. I would answer he's a conservative. Right. And that's not because you have a negative view of him. That's because you have a positive view of him. Correct. So when people are saying, um, you know, twenty nine percent see him as a conservative, that's not because the governor isn't presenting himself in an effective way. For most of those twenty nine percent, that's a positive thing. Right. I mean. You know, you get to the seven percent who view the governor as a liberal. That's that's the, you know, that's like the the old Charles Lawler. Win yeah, that's of the, the that's the ten percent of Republicans who aren't saying they support him or something. I mean, something that's, that's something what you're to that effect. Yeah, but yeah. you know, I mean, ultimately, but you know, you talk about the forty six percent thinking the governor is a moderate. That's probably because the governor has done exactly what he said he was going to do when he ran for governor four years ago. Yeah, which is he was going to focus on economic issues. And, you know, people what what people like Dr. Cromer, who are not uh, as versed in Maryland politics as many are. Oh, there you go. Shot um, over the bow. Dr. Cromer, know. get in here and defend yourself. Well, I mean, it's true. I mean, it's just. No, I'm not, I'm not know, disputing it. I'm, right, not, there's I'm not, trying there to get is, her on the show. There is not a historical knowledge base that you have. Because I know you'll have. you'll ping her tomorrow and I want her, I, when she hears this. And I hope <laughs> you do, Doc. We'd love to have you on. Um you know, because that is something I'd want to address because, yeah, you and I do have and you're like an encyclopedic knowledge or an encyclopedic knowledge. Even go ahead. I'm sorry. I interrupted wow. You. Yeah, that was you almost you should start talking French again. So, um, 
I mean, the fact of the matter is, is the fact that the governor appears to be a moderate right. on fiscal issues for one reason, because the Democrats swung so far to the left on fiscal issues, particularly under Martin O'Malley, certainly right. in the General Assembly, and even Ehrlich, particularly in his last two years, certainly didn't govern like a conservative because he spent, you know, he spent us out of house and home, right? You know, those last two years as he was trying to get re- reelected. The yeah. governor looks like a moderate because he's governing like an adult who's focused on, and I think he looks like a moderate on other issues too, of even though. And again, for the same reasons, because he's so because the Democrats have taken such a far left turn. I mean, you know, you could look at something like uh, sick leave or something like that and say he's taking a more moderate position, which he is. But he's trying to, you know, he's trying to keep the The, runaway train from going off the cliff. The irony about so he's going to look more moderate, but it's not necessarily a moderate position that he's taking. The irony about this, of course, is the fact that you've got you've got the real. The real far left, you know, salon liberal types like those guys over at the seventh state talking about. Yeah, they got mad at you, too, this week. You need to go on vacation. (laughs) Let everybody calm down. And he loves it, folks. Don't let him tell they you. They got yeah, because they got mad because the governor was talking about you know because the state the governor actually had nothing to do with it because the state party sent out a thing you know they sent out the note about SB one ninety which of course is is liberal Democrats trying to put Russians in our polling places and I think that died today in the state senate. The Democrats killed it in the yeah. state senate because the de- Mike Miller Mike Miller and you will appreciate this, Greg, as a historical connoisseur that I you am. are. When was I have that in time, common with the Senate. Brother. When was the last time you saw Mike Miller step off the dais and actually address the body? as a senator i don't i can't recall the last it time happened, happened today oh dear it happened really? today when when senator miller not senate president miller at that point when senator miller was speaking out about sb 190 and how he didn't want the russians in our polling places <laughs> well Just we saying, do know he reads red maryland i mean we we were strange bedfellows this summer for a brief very very uncomfortable time <laughs> even though he does see us as satan and from down below right but you know Good. Well, look, oh, this is the blind squirrel yeah. theorem. Absolutely. Good. <laughs> let's, let's talk about the actual uh, reelect numbers. OK, now, again, yeah. I, I, I point out we're talking about adults, 800 adults, not registered voters, not right. likely voters, 800 right. adults. And the governor is up 47, 43, which, by the way, is outside the margin of error for this poll. And, it, and it's huge. And it's huge. Yeah, it's absolutely huge. Uh, and let's by the way, let's back up. What do you think the turnout? The turnout's going to be in November. A little higher. I mean, just as a number, just as a, just give me a percentage point for 2018 turnout. Maybe 50%. Okay, 50%. See, already, see, that this is why we kind of keep harping on this adults thing or registered adults thing, because even registered adults, half of them aren't going to vote. You understand that? Hey, by the way, one, <laughs> one thing... One thing I forgot. This is a really dumb poll, Doctor Kroeber. One thing I forgot to critique about the poll is the yeah. fact that traditional professional polls are in the field for three days. This was in the field for six. Well, okay. I mean, that's because things happen so quickly. And right. look, there's look. Polling is difficult, and methodologies are difficult. Of course, there is. And and phone polling is. I mean, that's a whole field that's changing very rapidly. It's very very hard to do. And. You know, you're right. Dr. But you're talking, Cromer but you're gets talking. a lot of press for this one where it's it clearly doesn't have the professional methodology that some of these other polls have. Yeah, and this includes, by the way. And not just ones that know, are more favorable to the government. We're talking yeah, in general. we're just talking in general. Because the, the polling poll was in the field from the 12th to the 17th, okay? Right. So that includes three days 
Um, if you count Valentine's Day, three days where people were out and about and you know not at home, and that right. that skews your sample. And of course, that 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 sample tends to skew you know where you tend to have Republicans and more affluent Democrats are not home to answer the phone. Just saying, you know. Um, so again, the governor's winning in this poll. That number is probably closer to fifty percent in reality, you know. And and, and again, this is un. This is excuse me, Greg. No, this I'm is sorry. against unnamed Democrat. Right. This so is so when field. you have Ralph Jaffe and the Seven Dwarfs, and you put one of those names in there, right? You know, then right. the numbers are even lower. And and here's a, and the Democrats got very excited about this because, and the, this is where the Baltimore Sun reported less people were will. This is how the Sun put it: less people were willing to or were willing to promise to reelect him. Okay, no one's promised to vote for anybody. No poll ever asks people, do you promise to vote for this candidate? Do you pinky swear? <laughs> I mean, this is just, uh, all of these polls, every poll that's ever been taken is, if the election were held today, who would you vote for? Nobody's a feeder. So when the, when the sun says fewer people promise to vote for the governor, nobody ever promised to vote for the governor or any other candidate. And these numbers can change. And, and take aside the methodology for a second. Um, 47% of adults are willing to vote for the governor right now or would pick the governor over a Democrat. And the Democrats are saying, oh, that's not over 50%. That used to be higher. They should be, they should be absolutely losing their minds over that. I mean, if Republicans were 47, 43 in a normal year, they should be happy. Yeah. I mean, the Democrats, the Democrats, if you believe the hype from the Democrats, who have a two to one registration advantage, more than two to one, really, over Republicans, who have this blue wave that's going to crush the Republicans, who have this incredibly unpopular president who's dragging down our governor by, like, a, uh, like an albatross around his neck, they should be... They should be up 60-40. And by the way, that's one of the questions, and we'll get to it later on, that's one of the questions that that they asked was whether or not the governor has distanced himself enough um, yeah. from President Trump. Yeah, but the Democrats shouldn't be ex- – I know they're spinning it, but they, sh- they seriously should be, they should be ahead. And as we've said before, the best the governor's ever going to do is 55%. Which, by the way, is the exact number of voters or people who said that Maryland is heading in the right direction. Yeah, okay. Actually, maybe a little higher. Scroll and down, again, scroll down regist- a bit. And again, registered voters. Oh, excuse me. 62% say Maryland is heading in the right direction. Right. And 60% hold a, hold a positive view of Maryland's economy at a time in which economic issues are the, are the highest priority for most voters. And that's up from September, and the economy's picking up, and we expect it to get better as the year goes along. Yeah. Just Funny because how that of works. the effect of, you know, po- tax policy and, and the natural, you know, momentum of economic growth that's starting to take hold. Yeah. Um, so the de- I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't mean to... So the Democrats should... I, I, for the Baltimore Sun to say that there's any good news for the Democrats in this poll... Is spin. Is absolute... Yeah. Just pure water carrying. The Democrats the should be Sun. running around with their hair on fire right now. They should be panicking. And as we talk about, and if we get to the next article, it's it's, oh, we will. it's proving it. So go go ahead, go through. Yeah, that. and you know, you get to the you get to the federal level. People look. People don't like the president. Okay, you know, it's and I, I want to talk specifically to our friends on the right. Okay, okay this will be good. Well, I just want to remind you. Okay, look, I get it. A lot of you guys are Trump folks. Okay, sure. I get yes. it. You know what? We disagree 
good on you. But the reason why the governor doesn't listen to you when you say you should be more like Trump and why we kind of make snide remarks about nobody should be more like Trump is the fact that 68% of Maryland Marylanders disapprove right. of the president's president's job performance. Right. And okay. and and for most of the people who are who are Trump supporters in our audience, they get it. No, for, I, I for, understand. No, no, no but understand. for the few irrational ones, 68% disapproval is bad. Yeah. No one's going to get elected to Maryland statewide with 68% approval rating. Disapproval. Disapproval rating. No one's going to move in the direction towards a candidate who has 68% disapproval. Correct. In the state. What you would, what you want if you want the governor to be more like the president or embrace the president, you want him to commit suicide politically. Yes. Is what you want. And that's stupid and irrational. Correct. And I'm giving you some tough love right now. The numbers show this. This isn't the first poll that's shown this. So what I would say is, if you like the idea of Ben Jealous and those guys running the state, keep telling, keep thinking Hogan should be more like Trump. Yeah. If you want, you know, if 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 you're not, or admit that you don't care about the facts <laughs> or reality, yeah. or you'd rather lose than than you know have anything remotely like compromise. Right. By the way, one other thing that's important for this year uh, is the fact that. Senator Cardin is at a 44% approval rating. Just throwing that out there. Kind yeah. of kind of important for the good Senate candidate this year. Yeah. Still. And a two-to-one Democratic remains state. Remains to be seen what that field is going to look like. Yeah. Just throwing I mean, it out there. Yeah. You'd think maybe there's a shot, but who knows. <sighs> well, you know, Greg, you got a couple days left you can file still. Not going to happen. So. Not going to happen. <laughs> wouldn't be prudent. It wouldn't Not be prudent. It happen. really wouldn't be. <laughs> All Let's right. go take a look at the other numbers. Yeah, and you can read the whole survey methodology in here. There's a link at redmaryland.com. See, and see where it's wrong. Um, did she? Did she? Um, did she interview? You can see the issues there. Yes. Um, approve. Okay. All right. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't break it down. I mean, the sample was weighted, but it doesn't really break it down by the weighted sample vis-a-vis. She did Now she didn't poll the Democratic candidates, did she? You would think that would have been a useful thing to poll, but no. That that would have been. I mean, this is what Gonzalez did that was so smart. He made it a two-day news event. Right. Was he had the Democrats? Yeah, this is not Pat Gonzalez's first rodeo. <laughs> he had they had the Democrats. Everybody looking at where the Democrats are. Then he had them head to head with the governor. And that's that's what I want to read. I want to read that poll. I want to see that. that yeah. Is, that's a twenty five minute segment for us. Okay. That helps. I us. would love to see where the horse race on the Democratic <laughs> side is. Yeah. Doctor I mean, Cromer. You know. <laughs> it's really just one more question. I yeah. think. Oh, hold on. Here's the here's the adults versus the. Uh, Versus the thing. So if you look at all, by the way, all people, 70% of people disapprove of the president's job performance. Okay? Yeah. 70% disapproval. That's bad. Just saying. That's bad. And that's not, and I don't even talk about whether I agree or disagree, whatever. Just saying, okay? Just saying. Okay. All right. Okay. Is it, why don't we go ahead and, why don't we go ahead and take a, uh. Take a quick break. Anyway, you can, if you want to go through and really geek out about it, redmaryland.com, there's a link. Let's take a quick break. On the other side of the break, we'll swim in the Democratic Party's, um, I don't know what you want to call it. I don't know where you were going with um, it. And we'll talk, we'll talk a little bit about the Democratic Party primaries, both for the U.S. Senate and for the governor's race. Democrats are not going to, you're not going to like this. You're not going to, you're not going to enjoy what we have to say. Stick with us. You are listening to Red Maryland Radio. 
on the Red Maryland Network. We Do you right think back. public buildings in the state of Maryland are unsafe for birds? Yes, birds. What your lawmakers in Annapolis do. In fact, they've introduced House Bill 986, which would require the Department of General Services to establish standards for public buildings to, quote, minimize adverse impacts on birds. Yes, that's the exact language from the bill. Well, whether you think this is a good idea or a complete waste of time, there's a new app that makes engaging your elected officials on issues like this one easier than ever. It's called Civics, spelled C-V-X, and it puts government in the palm of your hand. With Civics, you can do a number of things, including read the full, unaltered text of bills making their way through Annapolis, get direct phone numbers and emails for your legislators there, and even keep track of upcoming elections and research who is running. Civics is the last political app you will ever need. You'll have no more excuses to not contact your elected officials and hold them accountable. And part of the app proceeds go to support nonpartisan civic literacy efforts. It's easy to download. Just go to www.cvx4u.com. That's cvx4u.com to download it. The iPhone version is out now. The Android version will be coming out this spring. Again, that's www.cvx4u.com. Civics, it puts government in the palm of your hand. You can help Red Maryland grow our reach when you visit redmaryland.com and click on the Amazon link and shop as normal. A portion of your purchase will come back to Red Maryland to help us grow. Additionally, you can buy Red Maryland t-shirts, drinkware, and other gear from our Zazzle store at zazzle.com slash redmaryland. We want to hear from you. Email us at any time at redmaryland at gmail.com. You can also leave audio feedback on our Red Maryland talkback line at 410-205-4875. We might use your feedback on our programming. You are listening to Maryland's most trusted conservative voice, the Red Maryland Network. Be sure to follow Red Maryland on all of the major social networking sites. You can follow us at Red Maryland on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Google+, Snapchat, and Tumblr to get the latest from Red Maryland. And be sure to follow the home base for all things Red Maryland, redmaryland.com. Celebrating five years as Maryland's only network that matters. You're listening to the Red Maryland Network. Have fun with your important conversations and your big issues with your brains and your smart stuff, okay? That was fun. A little hiccup there. We're back. Red Maryland Radio on the Red Maryland Network. I am Brian. He is Greg. Yes, I love technology. And speaking of hiccups, the the democratic process for uh, finding running mates this year has been one long-running hiccup. For the Democratic Party, by God, Greg, how it's it's, it's have you handed have you ever well you know <laughs> professional disc jockey. Uh, go ahead, go ahead. We talked about this before. We talked this before, but and it, our know, worst our worst expectations have been more than true. Um, well, <laughs> is that really fair to say? Because it's like, eh, I thought they would be bad. I had no idea, Greg, they would be this bad. 
Um, well, that's just what I said. Yeah. So, you know, last week we talked about on the show my capital, my column in the Capitol last week. Um, I will quote for it. I will quote from it here as I quoted on the re- article at redmaryland.com. By the way, if you're not reading redmaryland.com, you're missing half the show. Um, not one of the other Democratic candidates. But is if you're listening to this podcast and not reading Red Maryland, God bless you. <laughs> not one of the you're other. You're not Senator Marty Man. Go not ahead. one of the other Democratic candidates has been able to get somebody to agree to be their number two. This is indicative of how not one of the Democratic candidates looks like they have a chance to beat Governor Larry Hogan in the November general election. None of the candidates have the popularity, appeal, or campaign apparatus to knock out the incumbent. And potential candidates, lieutenant governor, know this. Many running mates over the years have come from the ranks of the General Assembly. But this time, no legislators seem willing to grab the brass ring and sign on with the ticket. And why Still should true. they? Why would any aspiring legislator give up on their likely re-election to be the running mate of a candidate who can't even clear the field in their own primary? And you're boy, more right. You were so right. Boy, howdy, did I, did I nail that one. You're so wow. right. You're so right. What's what's fascinating about this, and another reason why I wish Dr. Cromer had come up with a poll, is that I think with the the LG sweepstakes, and we still haven't heard from Kaminitz yet. Though I don't think Kaminitz is going to you know lead the pledge class by any stretch of the imagination from everything we're hearing. <laughs> um, it'd be interesting to see where these candidates are because some of the candidates who were lower down in the polling but have some money uh, to wit, maybe a Jim Shea. Yeah. Uh, I've actually done a better job in this in this picking, you know, partners. It's it's amazing. It is it is truly incredible to think that Jim Shea, with two percent of the polling, right, with no real. Now again, we're on the outside looking in. Okay, so we're not you know we're not we're not deep inside the Democratic Party. Well, that's true. Uh, that's true. You know, but like we're really people, missing we something if and we set don't, the world on fire and we're we missing don't, it. And we don't pretend to be deep inside the Democratic Party like some people do. Um, well, some people are, de- you know, you're, you're talking, of course, about Democratic bloggers. Yeah. yeah they're deep inside, yeah. as you would expect. Well, yeah, they're and they're just minor fish in the sea when it comes to the right. Democrats. Well, they're so. Democrats. We're Republicans. So, it doesn't work that way. You know, Jim Shea does not have, from what I can tell, a major campaign apparatus, okay? He does not have a major groundswell of support. He certainly doesn't. He's fit, got some money. He doesn't. Well, he's got some money, yeah. Yeah. He doesn't fit the profile of the type of candidate that the resistance types or the Arundel Patriot types or the. I would probably un- agree with that. Invisible, undisputed types would, you know, would. <laughs> would <laughs> that would, is a type. I'm just chuckling fall, because. fall in line. Those with words it. are all words that make sense um, in that context. You know, you know, and he got. The cream. He got the cream of the crop, which still isn't exactly. I think, arguably, absolutely, he got the best. Right. I mean, and I think the rest. You know, we talked about it last week. Were they, were they waiting for the hot chick, or were they looking for you know, their friend who they? And I think a lot of them took the 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 you know full of school spirit friend, who is safe enough and does something, but really doesn't bring a whole lot to the right. ticket. Isn't yeah. isn't going to get a lot of excitement about. Joining, yeah. Brandon Scott is an honest to god elected official, right? Been in office for seven years, right? Know, has some sort of following, so he's not just some yeah, he's guy a- who was in government who lives in Baltimore. He's actually elected by Baltimore voters. I, I think the best analogy right now for Brandon Scott is he's Joe Thomas, okay, the best player on the Cleveland Browns, which isn't really saying that much. You know what I mean? Yeah, no. <laughs> but Joe Thomas is a good player. Uh, he is a good player. People recognize Joe Thomas. But the Browns, the Browns still lost every game. Right, you know, just just throwing. Yeah, that but out people, there. but uh, okay, to 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 take that metaphor forward, people. I mean, this is a good deal for Brandon Scott because Brandon Scott should be an LG candidate. 
and go forward. And people will remember, you know, when it comes time for Pro Bowl voting, he was a pretty good LG candidate. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, so, you know, and again, yeah, we talked about this last week. It, it Metaphor tortured. It, it increases his name identification. Yeah. It increases his donor base to run for mayor, which is what he really wants to do, I think. You know, and, and it's, it's a win-win for the Shea-Scott ticket. Nobody's picked a better one. Correct. So let's let's go through the running mates at this point. Yeah, let's touch okay. on some of these, so to speak. So Rusher and Baker pick Elizabeth Embry, okay, right. um, who his family's got some money, but her public experience involves being one of she's not know, related to Joan Embry of the San Diego Zoo. I don't think so. I don't think so. No, no, I think family. there's some local money involved there. <laughs> okay, All right. but you know, her, if you're over fifty, get that joke. We know our demographic. Her, <laughs> her. You know her 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 public life experience consists of being an attorney, you know, working in the attorney general's office, right, and running for mayor of Baltimore, rather unsuccessfully. Uh, wasn't she like third or something? She was third, but eleven percent of the vote is not. Well, no, exactly... I wasn't saying third's a good thing. Right. I mean, he couldn't even get the second place. She finished finisher. third. Yeah, she finished behind. <laughs> she finished behind Sheila Dixon. Yeah. Just saying. <laughs> Just gonna throw that out there. Right. Third. You know. Ah. Uh, I mean. Right. Clearly, a sitting city councilman would have been better than someone who ran and came in third. Well, you've seen some of the, running for mayor. You've seen some of the uh, other city council people in in Baltimore. They're, granted, they're, um, granted, but I but probably lot. but probably some of those council members probably got more votes than Elizabeth Embry got. Uh, I don't know. I'd have to go back and look. I mean, there's a lot. I of bet there's some more. But the point is. You're you're pulling somebody from Baltimore City, but you're not pulling somebody from Baltimore City who has an established constituency. No. Or even much name recognition. No. No, no. Ralph Jaffe picked his wife. Sure. Or sister. It seems like there's some confusion as to whether it's his wife or his sister. <laughs> that's that's not a bad a, sign. That's not a joke, by the way. That's not That's, that's not, a bad sign. It's not supposed to be funny. And yet it's hilarious. Um, we talked about Ben Jealous if you're picking Susan Turnbull, whose political right. experience was being right. a shakedown artist to try to get the crony capitalist money into the maryland democratic party it's still it's not the worst pick it's it's not the worst pick. yeah no. um rich madalino picked lawanda jenkins you know who was a obscure former secretary from a non-cabinet department what she was, was she secretary of? she was the she was first off in the i think it was the glendening administration just let, I thought it was O'Malley. Hold on. Let okay. that sit there for a second. Yeah. In the Glenn Denning administration, right. she was the director of the governor's office for minority affairs. And then in the O'Malley administration, she was the special secretary of the office of minority affairs. It's still okay. not a cabinet post. I mean, we're not even talking about, wow. you know, when when Governor Hogan picked, you know, Boyd Rutherford, he picked a cabinet secretary. You know, somebody who had yeah. executive experience. Yeah, there were a, and there were a lot of cabinet secretaries in the O'Malley administration. You know, that mun- you could have chosen from. Right. Boyd Rutherford, mundane but relevant, you know, as a pick. See what I did there? Yeah, I did, and that's his little web series, which is fun if you haven't watched it, check it out. But but you're right, yeah, he's somebody who comes with governing experience. Right. So even this At person federal who's, and state level, by right, the way. Exactly, well said. So I don't know, being in charge of this kind of small, as you point out, non, non-Senate-approved cabinet post, yeah, non-cabinet department um it's not like she ran the transportation department or something right or the the you know or per, or you know 
the you know the office of you know the appointment right. secretary, DLLR, or something like that, right? Or health, or any any of the other. You know, because I think the problem that if you're a voter is okay. Well, now you got to explain what this office did because it doesn't have. You know, if you tell somebody you're the health secretary, or the higher ed secretary, or right, you know, even the you know even the appointment secretary. You can under you know you can get what that you can get what they're doing. You can get kind of their their world. Well, you look, understand they ran a major department that has that has right. tentacles that touch you. Right, and they had to you know, and if you get somebody who had to get Senate approval, obviously they had to get some sort of. It's almost like being an elected in that in that sense. Yeah. Even the appointment secretary, I know Larry Hogan held that position. That's somebody who knows every part of the government and getting people in there, and you know, will be very helpful. You know, personnel is policy kind of yeah. concepts. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't. She doesn't bring, and it's and there's no name recognition. None adds to Madeline whatsoever. Uh, and we'll talk about that here in a minute. And then Alec Ross picked Julie Verratti, who's a brewer, owner of Denizens Brewery. Apparently, a controversy erupted today in right. some Democratic circles because in 2016. Uh, Julie Verratti and her and her wife, who, who co-owns the brewery with her, right. um, testified against the the fight for 15 bill in Montgomery County. Oh, isn't that interesting? So, but I but I think Alec Ross is trying to position himself as more kind of a business friendly candidate. Of course, he's going up against the comptroller. I think is, is or he's siding with the comptroller and picking a brewer. Well, she's on. She is on. She's on that committee. She's correct. on that commission. So maybe she's he's aligning himself with that a little bit. So. So yeah, she's, she, I I guess I mean, you know, she's a little more pro business. I mean, well, but also Alec and, Ross. That's a that's a that's kind of a niche you might want to carve out. But I don't at the very know. but in at the very crowd, least, he's a Baltimore guy. She's a Montgomery County gal. I mean, at least there's something something there. And then yeah. of course we still get to the two candidates who have not actually done anything yet. Right, Krish Vignaraja. Who, of course, still hasn't filed and almost certainly won't at this point. At least I think it's not opinion. looking good. Uh, and Kevin Kamenetz, which is, you know, I want to talk about this for a second. Go, Kevin please. Okay. Because, look, we have beat up Kevin Kamenetz a lot here at RedMaryland.com. Okay. Well deserved. All of it deserved. Absolutely. But the guy has been running for governor basically since the day after the last election. Absolutely. And he is just running in circles at this point. Yeah, um, you know, and the fact that the fact that first off, for a guy like Kevin Kamenetz and a guy like Baker too, let's be real, those guys should have been the first out of the gate with a running mate pick because they are the name players. They were the name brands coming into this election. Right. They've known all the players for a long time. Kamenetz, sure. eight years as county executive. Sure. Eight years as a county councilman. Right. Baker, eight years as county executive. He served in the House of Delegates before that. Right. You know, and if and and if Baker's the establishment favorite, there should be somebody in the Baltimore area establishment that they hook up with. Right. Those those alliances should be made already. Yes. If the if the machine's going to back somebody, that shouldn't be too hard for them to hook up with some, even if they don't like them. Maybe maybe especially if they don't like them. Hey, that's worked. You know, it's it's Kennedy taking Johnson in order to win kind of kind of thing. Um. Yeah. May and and you know who knows who Kamenitz is going to. You're not hearing anything like that. But just getting somebody from a different part of you know the big three jurisdictions for the Democrats is hardly that nobody's ever heard of. And of course, that's the point of your article here is is who are these people? And to and as I, I can almost give them waiting if they got somebody really good. But the fact that they've waited so long and got a big so what. 
you know, it, it, well, that's and that's it, the crazy. It thing. only re, it only completely reinforces your your proposition from the beginning that this is this, this is a weak group of candidates and they know they're in a tough election. Yeah, I mean, because candidates should have have been able to convince somebody to say yes by this point. Okay. Yeah. Because look, he not only was he not only was he accounting council, but not only was he county executive. You know, he was president of Mako. Yeah. You know, heavily involved yeah. in Mako. So he should know all of these people. Right. All of these Democrats around the state. So he should be able to find and in, a uh, county council. And in somewhere. all reality, if these guys are knocking on the door of being governor, there should be, you know, a the line. Anthony Browns of the world knocking on their door. It's, we should be talking about the sweepstakes to get picked. Yeah. Rather than are they going to find somebody. Right. I mean, that's the reality. That was kind of the conversation when and O'Malley— And that should have been for Russian Baker. That was the kind of the conversation when O'Malley picked Brown. Right. You know, what, and it was kind of the same thing when Doug Duncan was still in the race, too, because those those are both heavyweight candidates. Sure. And both, by the way, found experienced, credible running right. mates. Jolene Ivey is a better LG candidate than anybody on that list. Yeah. So was, um, you know, so was Ken Allman. You know. Ken Allman runs laps around anybody on this list. Yeah. It's 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 totally insane. I mean, it's it's it, it of all the developments that have happened in this gubernatorial election. Again, look, folks, we've been talking about this election for three years. Okay, I know we're, I know what you're going to say. It's coming. Never in my wildest dreams would I think that less than a week before the filing deadline, right, that the Democratic field of running mates would be so weak, uh, and that one of the top candidates you can't see air quotes on the radio, sure. Still hasn't made a pick yet, or at the very least, still hasn't announced this pick yet. It, it's still amazing. Every time we think something can happen, like that's well, that'll never happen. Right. We keep getting surprised. I mean, heck, this uh, is the most. I I agree with you, and for different re- and for additional reasons, this is the most incur- unless Kamenetz pulls something really magical, which we don't expect to happen. Right. This is the most encouraging sign. Yes. The campaign finance results, all the polls. Uh, you know they'll change. The polls will change. Money you can find real quickly if the if the if the race gets competitive. This is the most encouraging sign. Yes. That the Democratic establishment really is just not they don't have their heart in this race. And the other thing is not only because they can't find decent LG candidates that really add any luster to any of these tickets, but because it's obvious that all these guys, with the ex- exception of Vignaraja, who shouldn't be in anyway, these guys are in it to win it. And oh, yeah. They're going to go after each other. That was one of the conversations that you and I had for a couple of months on on, right. on here and in other, in other forums. Right. Was that eventually we thought that some of these, some of these guys were going to team up. They you should know, have. They should have. Jim Shea should have teamed up with Russia and Baker. Something like that should have happened. Right. And that, that it, not only did that not happen, but Jim Shea's all in. Oh, yeah. With his million dollars or two million dollars or whatever he's got. And and Ross is all in. And meanwhile, the governor, who still got great poll numbers, who these guys, you know, despite despite Dr. Cromer's methodology that makes it look like something interesting is happening or there's some vulnerability, he's still sitting very, very strong on a nine million dollar pile of money. And these guys are going to go after each other. Oh, yeah. I It probably won't start in earnest, though. I don't know. Until after session's over, but between April and June, they have to go after each other. I have to start. I, I got to think at this point. 
There's no bodies run off by anything. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I think at this point, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I, this is opinion, obviously. Right. I think at this point, everybody's holding back and to see what happens and, you know, make sure they get to Tuesday in the filing deadline. Right. To make sure nothing weird happens at the filing deadline. Which could happen. All sorts, you know, you, you and I both. Yeah, you know, have watched the you have watched you know because usually obviously it won't happen this year. Usually right. I'm clicking reload there you know the last hour because something weird stuff always happens at the filing deadline sure. and then all of a sudden you see pictures of people like posting on Facebook. Hey, look where I am, and you're like, what the hell are they doing there? Yeah, well, and, people like to hang out down there too. Don, hi Don. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you'll see Tony McConkey down there too. He likes okay. even though he's already filed, but I know he likes. It. Just as example, there are people like that, the right. real politicos that like the to nerds. Hang out. Yeah, yeah. I don't do it, and I'm a nerd. So what does that tell you? There you go. <laughs> but, you know, I, you I think, but you're right. I mean, at some point. But it's usually not something this high profile. No, at some if point. If it's somebody, the governor's raised its way the last minute, they've already lost. Well, have they? Have <laughs> they? I, I would think so. Let me put it this I way. I would think so. Let me put it this way, okay? You and I talked about this, I think, last week. What happens if Jim Smith shows up with a running mate at 8.30 on Tuesday night. Oh, you mean as a new candidate out of the blue? Oh, yeah. Uh, that would be electric. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen either. Because we'd but... see something in the campaign finance. But, but yeah, but, but suppose, you know, it goes down to the wire and Kamenet says, screw it, I don't need somebody from Prince George's County. Jim, partner up with me. Yeah. I mean... That could be that could be interesting, or or um, who's who's the former mayor who's been around a lot lately? Um, Schmoke. Schmoke. So as he comes in with Schmoke, so as he comes in with Schmoke, I don't think that'll happen. That's not going to happen. But something like that. Who would be like that? I don't know. Uh, an electric pick from the Democratic side, right? Um, For candidates, that we get candidates. Maya now. Cummings. Oh, how about that? Yeah. How about that? I mean, she dropped out of the race. Everybody thought she was going to run for her husband's seat. He filed for re-election. Right. You know. How about that? Now, again, that's Baltimore, Baltimore, but who cares? Now, again, that's I said na- that's, we, last, that's week, name. We, last week we posited that, you know, Baker Astle made an interesting ticket. That never took off. But yeah. Astle, well, I mean, I Astle think. Astle is still a guy. Now, do, do I think that you're going to see a Democratic ticket in 2018 with two white guys on it? No, I don't. Think no, so. and, None of the and, other that's, and we're thinking the wrong way because we're Republicans. It, it needs to be a it needs to be a superstar that the left's going to get excited about. Rocky, my Rocky, more Cummings. The I, think would, I think about. that would. I think that would. That could be one. Yeah. Um. You know, if he picks out, you know, he could pick. Uh, what's her name? Jessica? Was it Jessica Fitzwater out of the Frederick County Council? I mean, that's a different name. A different. Right. You know, nobody picks anybody from Frederick County. So I mean, that's something. It's true. But. You know, yeah. So we'll see. I mean, it's fun yeah, again, to speculate. Yeah, we're, the, we're the wrong people to speculate this. If this was the Republican side, first off, we'd be panicking. But you know, well, uh, we would be. But I mean, again, look, but remember, let's, we be, played, let's be honest. Let's be honest. We, we if did we play were... this parlor game two right. years, four years ago, right? When when Ron George and Charles Lawler were had not announced running mate well, until late. And let's and uh, that's a great that's a great argument because all of these picks, with no offense intended to anyone. All of these picks are more like what those two guys picked. A former elected official failed candidate and a guy who's never run successfully for anything. Correct. And that's all you have with the exception of Brandon Scott. Most of these people have never been elected to anything. Right. 
on the Democratic side as your as lieutenant governors. Yeah. It's incredible. It is incredible. Yeah. It'll be an interesting LG debate. Uh, yeah, I would. I would like to see that. I, I would. I would also like. I, to I will see say that. On the Republican side, Governor Hogan has not filed for re-election yet. Of course, he he will, and has indicated that Lieutenant Governor Rutherford will stay on. A lot of talk. Yeah. That you know, there was all this talk. Now, that of, would be surprising. Well, that would be surprising. There was all this talk of people. Um, you know, oh, somebody's going to challenge Governor Hogan, blah, 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 blah. No, no. That's only vaguely materialized and nobody let's see, let's... any substance. So let's... Ha- There have been people who filed, though? Nobody has filed on the Republican side. Okay. Not even the governor yet. The governor doesn't have to, though. I mean, yeah. that, well, some, of the, I think... some, of, some of the people who were most seriously talking about it are dead. So, yeah, well. We have an alibi. <laughs> That's a shame. Um, the uh, But one thing, too, by ungenerous, the way. To, to key, ungenerous. To key in. Uh, to kind of loop it back around to the first story, right? Governor Hogan is winning the poll, yeah, and the campaign apparatus is not even moving. Like, yeah, the governor the, isn't even campaigning. Yeah, the governor's it, focused on his job. Well, it, and he's getting a lot of press from session. He's obviously doing oh, well in session. If the Democrats think this this poll this uh, this most recent poll from Dr. Cromer's group is is helpful, then the news about the LG stuff completely undermines that. Right. Speaking of, I mean, they're turning in the Baghdad Bob, trying to make it sound like <laughs> yeah. something good is happening. Speaking of Democratic candidacies that are a total shit show. Oh, nice. Um, really, shock, shock. Come on. <laughs> it's a family show. Uh, headline from the Baltimore Sun: Eight years after leaking thousands of classified documents, Chelsea Manning is running for U.S. Senate in Maryland. That sounds like by the, the tagline from her first commercial. By the way, that's a funny story. Hold that thought. By the way. That sounds like the story that was written a month ago. I mean, it's like, yeah, she's running. Okay. You know? And then Yeah, get... it does sound like, yeah, we already yeah. knew that. So here's, here is the... Did they of... think people forgot that who this person was? Maybe. When Chelsea Manning leaked hundreds of thousands of military and diplomatic documents to the anti-secrecy site Russian WikiLeaks eight years ago, she said she hoped the decision would provoke a debate about U.S. foreign policy. Now the 30-year-old transgender woman can we can we pause on that because this that term i think is controversial because they just don't i i look i am far from understanding the mind of the trans here no just hold on but doesn't transgender woman mean a guy i mean isn't that what people think of when they hear if they really wanted to be sensitive to transgender people wouldn't they just say woman i this is not my scene i don't know Right. Just saying. Transgender woman oh, just sounds be, like code for a man. Oh, we could be playing the video right now. That could be. That could yeah, be we're not, not going to do let's that. Let's not do that. Now the 30 uh, is running for the Democratic nomination, says there is another urgent discussion voters must face. Urgent. How a burgeoning, burgeoning military apparatus is gradually creeping into domestic life in places like Baltimore. Many of the weapons that we were using in Iraq and Afghanistan have found their way to our streets, and many people who are veterans and have military training are bringing this military-trained police forces. Hey, by the way, just, just want to point this out. You could have read about this on Red Maryland five years ago. I was going to say, did Mark Nugent write something about the militarization of the police force yes. years ago? Yes. Okay. Manning's right. celebrity. In I Bo- don't know about the guys coming home and serving in there, but this, some of the weaponization. Manning's celebrity, and boy, are they using that term loosely, has the potential to reshape Maryland's Senate race, where Senator Cardin remains Does a favorite to win a third term. Even Cardin, a Democrat, has acknowledged that Manning's candidacy has sparked a wave of national media attention to the primary. I, not really. Yeah, no. I, but that's just curiosity. That doesn't Manning's mean name may be well known in the state as any politicians, and she has the potential to build a net fundraising network of young liberal voters who are ascendant in the Democratic Party. 
after President Trump's win. By the way, boy, the boy, easy, the Baltimore Sun really wants a race, don't they? The easiest way to 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 <laughs> have Maryland send Senator Neil Simon or Senator Tony Campbell to Washington is for Chelsea Manning to win the Democratic primary. That'd be a good first step. Uh, if, if the scenario played out, that would be part of it for sure. Manning faces a high hurdle in a state that has traditionally rejected insurgents. That's putting it mildly. Manning, in 2016, Hillary Clinton, Maryland heavily favored Hillary Clinton over Bernie Sanders. That same year, Democratic voters picked Chris Van Hollen, who, like Manning, tried to, uh, over Donna Edwards, who, like Manning, tried to paint her opponent as an insider whose progressive credentials were shaky. It's not yet, here's, here's the money quote, by the way. It's not yet clear whether Manning can overcome these challenges. Asked if she has hired anyone who has worked in a statewide campaign, she said she is interviewing potential staff now. On fundraising, Manning said, quote, we don't want to raise millions. No, why would you? She said she has no intention of running television ads. Good. Well, then you'll win easily. But plans to rely on other methods to reach voters. I can't stand watching campaign ads, she said. We don't need to go to those old media methods. All right. Well, we'll see. I, I mean, I look, I know things are changing, but even ads on, you're going to need video-based ads ultimately. Right. If she was putting together a real campaign team with a real fundraising operation and real professionals, and I think this might be different, said Justin Shaw, a Democratic consultant who has worked with several campaigns in Maryland. This feels like someone someone who really enjoyed her 15 minutes of fame and is looking for some more attention, particularly from the national Did media. Brian Griffiths write that? Because it would have been the exact, you would have written the exact same thing. Manning isn't shy about taking on Cardin directly. She describes his There would have been a couple of jabronis in there. <laughs> she, Manning isn't shy about taking on Cardin directly. She describes his career as unremarkable, fair, That's and has criticized the legislation he wrote last year that the ACLU and other groups oppose, arguing it would criminalize boycotts targeting Israel, because I guess she's an anti-Semite. Like sure. Saqib Ali. Um, <laughs> she said Cardin has not been aggressive enough in restraining immigration enforcement or in calling for criminal justice reforms. So this goes on like this. Basically, it's just a, a, a letter, you know, a letter of, you know, just usual nonsense wow. resistance. I guess Ben Cardin insanity. annoyed the sun somehow. Apparently. One thing that, Greg, that I point out that didn't get mentioned in here was a tweet that Manning had sent earlier this week. Right. Um, saying the presidency should be abolished. Yeah. 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 Imagine a world with no presidency, which, of course, the greatest the greatest comeback was if there was no presidency, you'd still be in jail. Yeah. Which yeah, is, funny, which funny is, how you that know, because you got a commutation for President Obama if you're not keeping track of it. So we're so we're living in a world where the Baltimore Sun is doing puff pieces on anarchists who want to eliminate the presidency. Yeah, that's where we are right yeah, now. Yeah, Twenty eighteen, who are running against the machine, the Democratic machine. If she, if she comes, if Manning, don't don't write me letters. If Manning right gets anywhere close to beating Cardin in a primary. The, the Maryland Democratic machine is dead. Yes, deader than dead. Dead, so dead. If she comes, she comes within twenty points. It's, it's. It, I highly. No, I think just, I think Justin Shaw doubt that will happen. Who you know, we probably never agree on anything politically, but I, I think he nailed it. I think that's a very astute observation. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe she should maybe she should have been Ben Jealous's running mate and trying to, you know, turn us into Cuba on the chess pig. Just saying. That would have been, been an interesting Would have been a better fit. Just throwing that out there. Probably probably wasn't registered to vote for five years in Maryland like some other people running to run for governor. No. Yeah. Damn me. Why don't we take a break? We got we oh, bless you. Bless you, my child. I did that off mic so that oh, you wouldn't well, hear it. So okay. well, but nothing, thank you there. I'm nothing I appreciate but polite. Um so, 
Good. That'll, that's a good segue to that. <laughs> so let's take a break. When we come back, uh, yeah, go ahead and play it. Letters from Marks. Marks, Marks. Stick with us. You are listening to Red Maryland Radio on the Red Maryland Network. We'll be right back. You can help Red Maryland grow our reach when you visit redmaryland.com and click on the Amazon link and shop as normal. A portion of your purchase will come back to Red Maryland to help us grow. Additionally, you can buy Red Maryland t-shirts, drinkware, and other gear from our Zazzle store at zazzle.com slash redmaryland. We want to hear from you. Email us at any time at redmaryland at gmail.com. You can also leave audio feedback on a Red Maryland talkback line at 410-205-4875. We might use your feedback on our programming. You are listening to Maryland's most trusted conservative voice, the Red Maryland Network. Be sure to follow Red Maryland on all of the major social networking sites. You can follow us at Red Maryland on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Google+, Snapchat, and Tumblr to get the latest from Red Maryland. And be sure to follow the home base for all things Red Maryland, redmaryland.com. Celebrating five years as Maryland's only network that matters, you're listening to the Red Maryland Network. on the Red Maryland Network, and now it's time for our favorite segment, because this, this is going to be a fun segment, Greg. I like fun. Fun's the best thing to have, isn't it? Letters from Marks. 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 Do you want to explain that? or No. Okay. Good. <laughs> good. So we get people who... It's a feedback segment, folks. It is That's feedback, And it's yes. focused on Brian, and so Brian wanted to have that little... Yeah, it is. I'll play it, it again is, for you. It, you're gonna play it For again. The three people. Letters from Marks. 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 Yeah. Yeah. I don't know where he stole that from. <laughs> he told me, but I still don't know. That's okay. It's you know we can't all be cultured, like me. Apparently, <laughs> that we could agree on, my friend. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's, this the next forty minutes is gonna sound start sounding like I'm we're swimming in Planet Brian, and that's okay. Um, <laughs> it's a dark place. <laughs> So let's start with let's start with um, Dan Morheim, okay? Oh yes, um, yeah. We'll get we'll get to, we'll get to we'll get to that. Last. Delegate, I know Dan. where you're going with this. Delegate Dan, absolutely. So I wrote a piece. Um, Doctor Feelgood, I like to call. Yeah, I wrote a piece uh, on on RedMaryland.com, of course, about opium dens. You may have heard about this. That's story. right. That's and right. basically, the the General Assembly. The Democrats in the General Assembly. Let me rephrase that. That's right. Basically, want to create opium dens here in the state of Maryland. Okay. Taxpayer-funded safe zones, essentially, not just a needle exchange, but where free place, free needles can be yeah, injected with taxpayer-funded supervision. Right. And obviously, not not really on board with that whole idea. It's kind of you know, in a time in which we have an opioid crisis. Yeah. Saying that we're going to have this place where it's totally cool to shoot up heroin, not really 
not really something that I'm into. Greg, I don't know if you are. No, no, not. it's a terrible, it's a yeah. terrible idea. And, and, and you being our resident drug expert. <laughs> so nice of you to put it that way. And we got hit to this by some of our friends in the legislature that this was going on. Right. And and the reality is, you know, we're dealing with an opioid crisis, which is so dangerous because of the, you know, fentanyl and some things that are being put into the, the, the heroin that's out there, that it's so dangerous and so toxic that even first responders helping overdose victims are being injured. Right. I mean, by it's, the it's stuff. potentially so, lethally so, injured. Yes. So the yes. idea that you could even have a safe space um, is is kind of problematic to begin with. Go ahead. Correct. So, uh, and and by the way, one of the things that I certainly took umbrage with was the fact that this was this got out of committee on a six five vote. Two of the people who voted for it were, uh, you know, Kathy Klausmeyer and Jim Mathis. Right. Two Democratic senators who have serious Republican challengers. Yeah. Delegate I have to Neal bring it up tomorrow. Delegate Carroza. Maybe I'll bring it up. Maybe I, Mike Bradley will want to talk about it tomorrow. And you will be on there? 7.50 a.m. on Thursday. Every Thursday. WGMD. Great station. 2.7 FM, WGMD.com. Yeah. And the, t- the, the deciding vote was one Senator Nat Oaks, who shouldn't even be in the damn General <laughs> Assembly. He should be in jail right now because he's a corrupt, you know, corrupt senator who... You know the Democrats don't have the cojones to remove. They've convicted from me the yet. state Senate. Well, yeah, yeah, but <laughs> so this gets out, and you know we post a red Maryland. It gets sure. sent out Maryland Reporter or whatnot. So one guy who was really angry, well, was, it was partially his idea. Was Delegate Dan Morheim, right, one of the co-sponsors of the bill. He That's sent right. a letter to Red Maryland. Also sent it to to Len Lazarick as a piece that was posted at MarylandReporter.com. Oh, did he? Okay, he did, yes. I didn't see that. And I wrote a response. Was it the same thing or something else? Similar. Okay. Right. Similar. And you can actually, Greg, if you want to go ahead and bring the piece up, we can we can talk about it because what what he, he took a lot well, of- we don't have to go through it in detail. You no, posted his response at yeah, Red Maryland. And I annotated it. And he, he yeah, had- Yeah, you went through, I thought, very effectively and kind you. of you know gave it the uh, treatment that it deserved. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, he he takes umbrage with the whole idea. Um, you know, some of the, some of the things that that he's talking about, you know, in there is like, uh, first, I hope we can agree that the opioid crisis is real. Blah 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 blah. Okay, sure. yeah, yeah, reasonable agreement. Now, supervised consumption facilities (SCF) are proven effective in reducing drug use, reducing disease, um, reducing discarded needles, crime, and getting people into treatment. Uh, a report from the Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Health documents this. If you don't have a copy, I'll send one to you. Now, again, supervised consumption, free, taxpayer-funded heroin. Okay? That's where this ultimately winds up. Now, he takes umbrage with that later in the piece. We'll get to that later on. But at the end of the day, the state but there's is— no, But there's no way that you can have these facilities without, without essentially giving amnesty to the people who are, one, in possession and then using heroin. If right. you're not giving it to them in the first place, you're allowing them to, to purchase it and possess it. And obtain paraphernalia if you're giving them And obtain needles. paraphernalia. Right. The legis- and this is more from Morheim. The legislation specifically states that SCF are not allowed in areas zoned residential. Your implication that these will be located in neighborhoods is completely inaccurate. Uh, now, this is where I thought you skewered him. Yeah, Absolutely. He, he's playing cute here. Right. You know, the language uh, that I used, what I said, was they want to give heroin users the opportunity to shoot up heroin in your community, which, of course— a community is not a neighborhood. A community is all the parts that make up, you know, a community. Right. Where I grew up in Pasadena, 
was less than 500 feet from a strip mall. Right. Okay? Under Morheim's bill, there would be no problem with putting a heroin den in that strip mall, in one of the vacant plots. I mean, you can only imagine. Look at look at here in Severna Park when there was talk about putting a medical marijuana thing, which had been legal for years, the, the uproar that was caused by the places they wanted to put right. those things. Can you imagine someone wanting to put one of these taxpayer-funded things and and saying well it's not residential you really think people would really would really want what essentially is a taxpayer subsidized opium den anywhere near their community in any way of course not just because it's not in a residential area you think they want to go shopping someplace where one of these things is of course not of course if they were serious about this stuff you know if they were truly serious about keeping it out of the community itself they would say it can only be. It has to be located a minimum distance away from any residential property. But that's not what well, the I, bill. Frankly, says. what they should be doing is arresting these people and putting them in the system, either requiring them to get treatment or putting them in prison. Well, yes, but you know that would require that would require adults to do adult things and not people like Morheim, who basically right. want to turn you know. You basically want to bring the Silk Road from the internet into well, know, and we got people saying, "Oh, well, they're just dying in the streets." Otherwise, that's not working. I'm like. First off, as as dangerous as this stuff is, you still may have people dying in the streets as a result of it, and you may have these people who are supervising in some risk as well. Correct. And you're going to have more people do it. This is the other thing that drives me so nuts about this. And Morheim's a guy, and I'm, I'm going to let you get back to your piece, and I know I'm interrupting you, and I apologize. Morheim's one of these guys who, and you mentioned it later on, wanted to legalize all drugs, wanted to decriminalize all drugs, including heroin. Yes. So this is a guy who's in favor of... Of full bore drug legalization. That's who Dan Morheim is. Right. And he's one of these guys who thinks if you make it legal, then I, I don't know, people stop using it because now they can. Like everyone in the world who does drugs is an 11 year old that when mommy says they can do it, they'll stop doing it. Yeah. Um, Especially when you consider that so many opioid addicts start with legal right. opioids. Right. Right. I think Matt Mossberg would love to talk to you about, you know, yeah. about legal opioids. This is just this is just enabling addiction at the taxpayer expense um during and back to morheim during both bill hearings there was no opposition written or in personal testimony well of course because it makes the general assembly has always made it a byzantine process to find out when anything is going on it's incredibly difficult for people to right um right you know to to get to the general assembly to testify on things to submit testimony because they don't know what's going on Sure. I mean, how many people knew this bill exactly? Until Why this, was it a six until month? this bill got out of committee? If, I didn't know what was going on. If it was such a great yeah, if it was and such I'm a great bill in, and I'm nobody not, opposed it, why is it a average, six five vote? I'm not your average civilian, you know. Right. I mean this is right. this is I'm I got skin in the game. Right. The bill does quote not does not quote empower the state to set up SVF. These facilities will be set up by community based organizations, a long standing and well defined term in Maryland law. The state uh, coordinating committee basically its whole thing is uh, it will not operate at tax taxpayer expense. Another place where Morheim's acting cute because this is this gets ho- opium dens. You know, it's the, the nose on camel's nose under the tent because what's going to happen is, you know, and may, Greg, you may disagree with me on this. Go ahead. But what's going to happen is that you're going to get these community funded. You know, these community organizations that are going to, you know, apply for these heroin dens. Oh, now we got to have a bond bill to help help fund this. And you're going to wind up with bond bills introduced 
that are going to fund these places, okay? You know, Morheim knows this, that if this passes, that in 2019 session, there's going to be 10 bond bills to try to fund heroin dens. Well, luckily he won't be there. But the, but the point is, it's just a cutesy way to try to, as you say, try to get it. This is a terrible idea. And if it's a great idea, then people, you know, it's it's one of these ideas that, you know, people say, oh, in Sweden they do this and it works great. Okay. You know what? This isn't going to work in Baltimore. This isn't going to work in a lot of places that cuz cuz first off this is a problem throughout the state. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine very many places anywhere in the state where you're going to be able to create one of these and I put agree. them in operation. I agree. I I can't imagine very many communities even in Baltimore City who are going to be comfortable with these kinds of things existing. Morheim goes on to write, you write that people will shoot up heroin in your community. Unfortunately, they are doing that already. The problem yeah. is they are shooting up in back alleys, home bedrooms, public and private places, and other places where they are alone and overdose and die. This is this is the kids are going to drink anyway. We might as well just let them do it in the house. Basically. Where we yeah. can keep an eye on them kind of mentality. Right. You know, and they're still going to be doing it in the communities and neighborhoods because right. of the zoning issue. Lastly, and this is this is the money quote. Lastly, my interest in this is purely human and is driven by what I've seen as a practicing emergency physician. I first introduced legislation on this topic in 1998, and that bill increased funding for addiction treatment. That was long before this issue was getting much attention, and more of its provisions been adopted. We might not be in the mess we are in today. Your insinuation of, quote, financial interest is completely baseless, as I have none and will never have any, which is great until you remember the fact that he said that about marijuana, and then he got caught you know, having an interest in marijuana companies while he was trying to get marijuana you know, legalized right. in Maryland and advising the Cannabis Commission on how to set up and regulate this stuff. Right. And he was admonished by the I mean, it was a slap on the wrist, but the uh, the um, ethics committee did. Rebuke him. So, yeah, there is a yeah, it's There's a, pretty, a link at redmaron.com. You can go back. And it's see a pretty solid. It's there. a pretty solid claim to say, hey, he may or may not have financial in this based on the fact that he had financial interest in marijuana distribution. Yeah. So yeah, this is not a, a corrupt, guy, this is a not a goofball. Right. This is not a guy whose passion for drug legalization uh, is purely, you know, it doesn't line his pockets. Yeah, because it has because he's been a consultant for some of these companies that he's been pushing for this stuff. He's not running for re-election, which is good. Right. God, you know, he's the most. He's don't the, let the door hit you. In the ass you know, Kurt out. Anderson is big on marijuana. He's the. He's the biggest pothead in the in the General Assembly. But Morhaime is the pure drug legalization guy. Right. Um, maybe the one who's most intellectually honest, and that was kind of why I've written about him for years, because that's really what a, when people talk about drug legalization, what they really want to do is what Dan Morhaime wants to do. Right. Legalize all the things. And even Democrats know that's a non-starter. But, right. And particularly when we're talking about heroin. Yeah. Anytime, but particularly now where it's out of control. And, and you know, and look, it's... The fact that he responded, then we'll move on to the next part. I think the fact that he responded, he realizes they're they're in a lot of trouble. Yeah, but the, yeah. you know they they are they're feeling. They were hoping to this. tiptoe past the graveyard on this. Oops. and it got out. Sorry. Yeah. Um, speaking of tiptoeing past graveyards, let's talk about Pat McDonough. Um, I don't even think that works. But go it ahead. It doesn't. But it was it was very ham handed. So there was a piece Saturday. I wrote at redmaryland.com, uh, which got a lot of attention. Still continuing to get attention. About just talking a little bit about some some Pat McDonough's campaign finance reports, right? Pointing out that you know, he gets his Cadillac paid for by your campaign donations, and yeah, you know he gets his cell phone paid through through campaign donations, and 
you know, he, he files his reports late a lot. But the real key, the real important thing to me, okay, because look, paying your car, gas, dinner, stupid but legal, okay? It's, 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 um, it's not illegal, and you made a point of saying that. Right. It's, uh, I think people giving to him, and especially those who are so passionate about it, probably wouldn't feel real great about the fact that they're, you know, subsidizing his lifestyle. Correct. But. Happens, so happens, I think, happens so I think a lot with some charlatans on, on our side. I think it's important to be pointed out. Because, you know, we got this. That wasn't the ground. We'll talk about that in, in a second. Yeah, the real, the real, the real, the real nugget here, okay, was the fact that there was, you know, was the issue surrounding his campaign office. Right. A, a RedMaryland.com reader tipped us to this, sent us pictures. Of yeah, his, we posted the pictures. Of his campaign, of his, what's listed as his district office, okay? In, I in, think it was a, a Jay Middle Rockford River. who sent us the pictures. Who? No. Jay Rockford? Maybe not. Is that a Rockford it. Files joke? It is a Rockford Files joke. Okay. Thank you. That was before my time. Thank you. Uh, Again, playing to our core <laughs> demographic. <laughs> so we got pictures that said district office. There were very clearly Pat McDonough for county executive signs in there. Sure. Okay? No big deal. Um, well, it is a big deal because the campaign finance report right. from that McDonough put in during you know, for the 2017 cycle did not list any office space as being either paid for out of campaign funds right. or donated in kind. Right. Okay. And so the, the premise of that part of the article was, look, McDonough is either not reporting how he paid for this, which is against campaign finance law. He's not reporting his in-kind contribution, which is against campaign finance law. Right. Or he's using a state-funded office because... You know, delegates and senators do the, get right, and the front of it did have signage that it was a district office, right? As well. right. Uh, or the state's paying for this, and he's using state resources to fund his campaign, also against the law. Right. So on, which is the kind of thing some some he some of his former colleagues apparently do on a on the fairly regular basis, right? Um, we don't have evidence for that though. We'd love to hear it if it is. Yeah, redmaryland at gmail so we wrote that. It got a lot of attention. Okay. Um, let's start first. Actually, no, let's talk about some of the Facebook stuff because we wound up having to ban some trolls on Facebook, on our Facebook page, for you know, McDonough people. You're depriving me of my free speech. Oh, I'm taking screen caps. I'm going to complain because you're deleting my posts. So, okay, we just deleted you. Okay, no big deal, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, you could, uh, I mean, look. Uh, you can send us comments. We got all the comments, and there's ways to do that that we'll always get them. But we're not going to let you post on our page, right? Especially when unless you're, we approve it. Especially when you know when you're when you're going on because there was one guy who who we banned who was going on and on about. He had sent us a story, and I use that term loosely. Back I think in November or October, complaining about prescription drug prosecution, something like that, and how it was all Brian Frosch's fault, this, that, and the other. Okay, we looked into it. There was no, there was no sizzle there. Right. Okay? And he started going to Facebook. You should be writing about this. That's what you should be writing about. Right. You know? Okay, well, first off, you want to tell us what to write about? Why don't you write your own blog? I was going to say, okay? get your own blog, get man. Get your own blog and write about it. Do what you, you know, do with that. You don't, you don't get to come to us and tell us yeah. what to... Get your own Facebook page and write your own blog, and it'll be out there. Right. Um... The basic premise of the complaint was, why are you talking bad about Pat McDonough? Oh, it's the same stuff we've always Character got. Character defamation. I love, I love the one that, uh, there's an idiot running Red Maryland. 
which I thought, wait a minute, Brian does it, isn't the only one running. And I was like, yeah, okay, I'll let him take that hit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, it's it's the same. It's the same. So and same. We're gonna hear in the rest of this. People, segment. there's some. There's one woman who's in in one of the other Facebook groups is mad because we posted, uh, because I posted the, I downloaded the campaign finance report and posted it. Yeah. Which of course is public publicly document. available documents. It's a public and it's document, con- and it's all concerned that oh well, you're exposing their mailing addresses. Yes, they're public. Yes, yes, they <laughs> they filed a document for public of so that the public can see it with that address. Yes, yes, that's that's what happened. Those addresses are public. If you're worried about your address for a campaign contribution, you it's public. Yeah, you probably should. It's shouldn't. not public because we post it. Believe me, a lot more people go. To, I wish, I wish more people went to Red Maryland than went to the Board of Elections website, but that's not the case. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people read those campaign finance reports. Yeah. Just FYI. Yeah, they're public documents, yeah. folks. So, so, so then, anyway, but the point is, but the point is again, and we've gotten so. Anytime we write something negative about a candidate in a contested primary, it's always. Are you, you're in it? You're in the tank for the other guy. You're on the payroll of the other guy. You know what? Do you? Why are you bad mouthing my guy? My guy's great. He's the greatest guy. Don't you want the greatest guy to win? Yeah. Nobody ever. Nobody once disputed anything that was written in the original story, right? Including Pat, Pat McDonough. McDonough, because as it turns out, yesterday in the Baltimore Sun, they wrote uh, about how Pat McDonough is refiling his campaign finance report right. to note his in-kind donation and we'll get to that in a second from the Cordish company that he is not paying for a space he's getting it <clears> free <throat> now that's where this thing takes another weird turn greg because he's going to list it as a zero dollar contribution I, I i really i really just am at a complete loss to under this this is a pat mcdonough rationale that just doesn't make it he's he's saying that it's it's worth zero right. because the Cordish companies can't are, – they aren't marketing it, and they can't rent it because it doesn't have heat. Now, it took which, me which, – go ahead. I, I, okay. I, I, because that's just – there's so much of that that's just dumb. Well, consider the source. <laughs> first off, if you're amending your campaign finance report – first off, you're admitting you left something out if you're amending. Intentionally answer- or otherwise. Yeah, if, if you're answering the questions and you're amending, you're essentially admitting Brian had a point. If you're explaining, you're Right, you're losing. If – why – I mean, unless, unless the Cordish companies have maxed out or intend to max out to the McDonough for county executive campaign, why not put a dollar value on it? Well, it's an in-kind contribution. Who cares? Well, and of course, why is why is zero so much more clever than a hundred dollars or a thousand dollars? Well, Greg, as you point, as I pointed out, RedMaryland.com last night. Right. It took me a solid three minutes to find that office listed as available on one of the leading websites for commercial real estate rentals. <laughs> um, oh, so it's not even true? How oh, dare? It's not true. Yeah. Uh, oh dear. You can rent it for you can rent it fifteen hundred square feet, ten to sixteen dollars a square feet. So at minimum, a year's worth of rent in this office is fifteen thousand dollars, which is nine thousand dollars over the single the individual contribution limit for a company. Okay. So not only is that Mc- was very generous of the Cordish company. So not only did McDonough <laughs> fail to disclose this to start with, but also. Couldn't be bothered to, like, fact check. And I know that's tough for Pat to fact check. 
couldn't be bothered to actually make sure it wasn't listed as publicly available with a price so that I could find out exactly how much it would cost to rent it. Oh, and link to the part in the uh, election code when it comes to in-kind contributions, how campaigns are required to denote the fair market value of the in-kind contribution. Right, right. But I'm the asshole for pointing it out, apparently. Well, and here's it. Okay. So not only, so this is going to have, this story still has legs. Awesome. Way to go, Pat. Way to think it through. I bet there was a way you could have gotten around this that wouldn't have been so difficult. If you just tell the truth, that usually eliminates a lot of problems. It's just sloppy. It's just sloppy and stupid. And then and then his supporters get mad at you. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that a guy running for county executive in a county that's larger than a than a congressional district. Yes. I mean, this is the kind of you got to mind your P's and Q's. You got to know the rules. You got to follow the rules. You got to be careful about your campaign finance paperwork. Okay, how the hell are you going to run Baltimore County if you can't even keep your campaign finances straight, that you got that you get them in late, that you got to revise them. And then it turns out the explanations you're given for being late don't add up to a second scrutiny. I mean, you all can hate us because you love you love him and you think he's going to be such a great county executive. And how dare we criticize him? But that's a legitimate criticism of his of his ability to lead and to operate a functional campaign organization, let alone a goddamn county. I mean, look, I under, look, and, and this is the thing, too. Look, McDonough is trying to kayfabe his way out of this, okay? And that's fine. But I think the real reason that people are pissed off at me right. is because they realize they're the mark. They're the one who was gullible, put their faith in this guy. Right. You yeah, know, he's the somebody one you said should... the emperor doesn't have any clothes, and now they're mad because they feel stupid. Right, for he's the one the you should be mad at. You should be disappointed in him because he's so, he's so sloppy in handling this. The fact you know you want to shoot the messenger, and I love the fact that they always assume that there's some some motive. Brian's reporting the story because it's a story worth reporting. Right. That's why so many people have read it. That's why Pat McDonough responded. If you want to that's know why, why did in, you write this. That's why it was in the Baltimore Sun. Yeah. If you want to know why did you write this, we'll read what he said. Right. Okay. I, I, I always find when people, when people assume that there's some ulterior motive, they're projecting. These are people who don't think, who just don't do what they say. They always assume there's some. Brian's not in the tank for Al Redmer. Red Maryland's not endorsed Al Redmer. Yes, Brian's been a critic of Pat McDonough for many years. Right. And, and I've always I've been said right, things, And I've always said things that were critical of Pat McDonough. Pat McDonough has known for years. In fact, he was on CBM eight years ago. Calling, what did he call you? A snipe. A snipe. Yeah. Okay. So Pat knows. And, and this is the other thing. Pat knows people are watching. Pat knows people are going to critique him. Pat knows he's in a tough race where every little mistake's going to be used against him. You should be mad at him for making such a stupid mistake and then clumsily trying to cover it up. That's why the Baltimore Sun jumped on it. It was a ham-handed... First off, it was a ham-handed thing to do anyway, okay? Because, look, after 20, 30 years... Remember, Pat McDonough served in the House of Delegates back in the 80s as a Democrat, for those of you who haven't been paying attention. Oh, yeah, by the way. Yeah. Um, FYI, 
you know, he's been running for office for 30-odd-some years. Yeah. People have been looking at his campaign finance reports for 30-odd-some years. Yeah. Did he really think that nobody was going to look into this and put two and two together? Yeah. I, I, it I, wasn't I, me. It was going to be somebody else. Yeah and, all, and yeah, and this is where I totally agree. All these people who are really, really mad at us are dupes. Yes. Are his dupes. They're the same people. In, they're bought into his shtick, his super citizen shtick, and his super conservative Donald Trump shtick. That he's been using to, you know, to to raise money to pay for his pay for time on the radio and pay, pay for, for time on TV and to pay for his Cadillacs and his and his cell phones. Yeah, I mean, and by the way, <laughs> my money's on he's not going to run for county executive at all. I thought he already filed. He hasn't filed yet. Oh, my money is that Pat McDonough will file a run for reelection. I thought he already filed for county executive. Yeah, he has not filed. Okay, all right. So. I, I just I just say you can you can attack us you can attack Red Maryland you can attack Brian all you want and if he doesn't run maybe he'll blame Brian and all the negative campaign That's whatever fine. I don't um, care Brian, yeah Brian will take the scout believe me so yeah, please don't do me. that ask Charles Lawler what he's up to <laughs> these days but you should be mad at him I mean this is basic this is campaign finance one hundred and one type stuff yeah. Someone who's been in been running People as long are, as he has in his elected office knows for as long the as he law has. and broke it anyway. Knows he can't use his campaign, his district office for campaign stuff. He knows that. He and knows he if he's going to have an office, he's got to put it on his campaign finance report one way or the he other. He knows it, and he doesn't care. And that says everything. All right, let's close the book. Let's let's but we, move on. But hey, send us all your hate mail if it makes you feel Maryland at gmail.com. The phone number is 410 Greg would love to play your comments you know on what? the air next yes. week. Yes. Give the number again. What's the 410 number? 410-205-4875. Call, leave detailed messages about why Brian should have ignored this story. I would I I guarantee you I will play them next week when Brian's gone. Yes. Yes. It'll be great radio. Nobody's gonna call in. You know why? Nobody wants to identify as the dupe. Well, they're Facebook warriors. That's where they. That's they're, where they you know, that's what Greg. Before we so. before we segue into another Facebook warrior, um, okay. it's amazing that over the one that's thing that one works. thing has been constant over the years at Red Maryland, and that's the fact you have a lot of people who think they know a lot of things on Facebook who have never accomplished a single thing in their lives. Uh, yeah, Just yeah. Throwing that out there. It's true. Speaking of people who haven't accomplished anything, um, we had a bit of a snowflake alert this week, which. <laughs> well, follow, we, we had a discussion last week so last about a Twitter interaction we had. Yes. And it and it and it blew up. Hair. It, it blew up hair. amazingly. So to speak, if, if I can say that without being offensive. <laughs> so um, last week we talked about Myla Johns. Myla Johns. Apparently we were saying it wrong. We apologize. Ms. Johns, if you please. I whatever. Um so just don't, don't open, whatever. open this up. Ms. I want to read this entire thing because we talked about her last week and talked about how she was a crappy candidate um and you know and just said asinine things about policy. And that was mostly you. I, I said she said things that were outrageous and offensive and we talked about what those were. Right. And that she was saying things that didn't make any sense and were Right. And I was I I admit I was bemused that someone running for office couldn't grasp as basic a concept as why people might want to defend themselves against home invaders. Yeah. Which yeah. did draw a chuckle. But and, go ahead. And it, it gets worse from there, by the way. So 
Um, I'm going to read this. She posted this on Facebook on Monday. And again, this is a critique of us. This is a very harsh criticism of us, something we said on the show last week. And we put it on Red Mare. We, we shared it with you, our audience, to let you know that this happened. Last week, the right-wing media machine went on the tack against me. That's the, us. The editors, right-wing media machine. The editors of Red Maryland, a favorite outlet for the more extreme members of state Republican Party. By the way, grammar is your friend, and people judge you by the words they yeah. use. So maybe maybe you got the Ami Hober spell check team, apparently, is in place here. Yeah, except for the bad grammar. We can put that on our... <laughs> you know, yeah, we'll take that. Called me nuts and totally out of touch with reality. Yes. Yeah, that happened. Yes, we did. On their podcast, they also... Wait, wait. By the way, the podcast she said she wasn't going to listen to. Yeah, that's the best part. She now, Brian, swore up and down. Now, Brian, not now gonna one of the things Brian does when we do the show is he puts a lot of Twitter messages that the show was up and get, and he'll tweak people. Some might say fairly he even trolls people. But we talked about Ms. Johns. And he, Myla. he, he, um, he, he mentioned Ms. Saying Johns Myla's name is when huge. we're, when we were talking about, uh, this. So she was aware. She said she wasn't going to listen, but then she, and then she, did. Of she obviously she, listened. So of this course is, she did. Cause she's a is, mark for herself. This is That's fine. This is her. I don't know what that means. It's a wrestling term. I don't get it. He's the wrestling guy. <laughs> as you'll hear. Go ahead. So this is the, she lists the things that we did. Yes. Described my defense of a woman's right to choose as totally ludicrous and insane nonsense gibberish. Yes, that is true. It is totally insane. Well, she equated she equated an unwanted pregnancy as a as a as, how as a did, home invader, basically. A well, she equated she to a home invader, right. But that it was a that it was an invasion. She has a very extreme pro-abortion position. One that might say is totally ludicrous and insane nonsense gibberish. It was pretty extreme. It was pretty extreme. Said, I don't, quote, belong anywhere near any office of responsibility and questioned how I could, quote, ever seriously imagine getting elected. We did say that. Fact check, true. (laughs) We did say that. Joked, literally laughingly, about shooting intruders in their own homes while attacking my position on gun control. Okay. See, here's the thing. I chuckled at the idea that someone couldn't understand why you might want to shoot. I didn't even say shoot. She was. She seemed to take offense at the idea that, or that you would want to shoot someone or have the ability to shoot someone who was in your home uninvited. And I and I said it was so ridiculous that I had to explain the idea that if someone broke into your home, they're only there to do you serious bodily harm or cause your death. Yeah, or do that to someone else. In which case, you should you should and do, in that circumstance, have every legal right to use deadly force to defend yourself. Right. Nobody's walking to my house unless they're intending to do me harm. That that, that was some foreign concept that was somehow made me some kind of gun nut. Which the gun was, nut is laughable. Which, by the way, is laughable. The gun nuts would like to have a word about that. Yeah. Because they think that you are a squish. That is laughable. Yeah. I, I don't. One maybe, might say it's nuts maybe and Ms. totally out of touch with reality. Yeah, maybe Ms. Johns keeps her doors open and people walk through freely. Where I And I live in a nice neighborhood. The doors are locked. Yeah. If somebody comes in that's not invited, they're breaking in and they ain't here to be my friend. Yeah. So, yeah. and I think most people would feel the same way. But Ms. Johns doesn't. And so it, 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 did, uh, it did approach the ridiculous and did draw a chuckle out of me, yes. 
Next bullet. Accuse me of only favoring, and by the way, British spelling of favoring, um, marijuana legislation, legalization. And, le- and legalization, also, yeah. too. She might be British. Quote, I don't know. She's not, because that's a funny story. She gra- she apparently graduated from Chesapeake High School, same high school I did. Oh, you might have. Well, she's probably younger. She's than younger you than me. And I point out that every per- candidate. Well, she's from Pasadena. Okay. Yeah, she actually kind of. That was on Twitter, too, where she kind of was, you know, making fun of rednecks from Pasadena, I guess, even though I'm. I'm more high, highly educated than she is. Um, but, hey, what the hell do I know, right? I'm just, you know, smarter than her. Anyway, um, and uh, accused me of only favoring marijuana's leadership, quote, so she can toke up. I think you did say that. Um, that's not true, actually. What I As- said was that she did not deny that the only reason she wanted to legalize marijuana was so that she can toke up. That came up on Twitter. The record no was point corrected. did she ever say that. And nor does anywhere in here say that she's not a marijuana user who wants to toke up. I'm just using. I, her, I'm glad you clarified that. I'm just saying, you know, yeah. I don't. I don't know if she tokes or not. Toking is stupid. That's yeah. dumb. Using marijuana is dumb. I hope she doesn't do that. That's harmful for her. But she doesn't seem to want to clarify either way. And described me as quote not the best and the brightest not yet in the legislature, which I don't remember that saying. All I, I do remember us saying that the uh, legislature does not attract the best and the brightest that we have in Maryland. That's true, yeah. and that is a true statement generally. Right. They even called me a, quote, a jabroni. No, no, they did not. No, Brian called you a jabroni. Which I had to look up. It's professional wrestling slang for loser. That's right. Two male pundits insulting a female candidate using WWF terminology. One, one male pundit. No, 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 no. I get to defend myself first. Go ahead. One male pundit insulting you using WWF terminology. That's that guy. For the record. Not this guy. For the record, how many people have I called a jabroni on this show? You use that word very liberally. It's one of your favorite words. Right. As is as is WWF terminology, which you're probably going to correct her on that. It has so, been WWE since 2002. There I go. There you go. You know, it's... it's I, I, <laughs> Jabroni is somebody who's a moron. It doesn't matter whether they're Democrat, Republican, male, female, animal, mineral, vegetable. Okay. It's... I'm not sure you're helping your case as much as you think. But yes, you said it. Easy way to not to not get called a jabroni is to not be a jabroni. So there's that. Go ahead, Go ahead, though. Go ahead, though. So now here we go, and this this is where it goes completely off the rails. Okay. Right. Calling a woman candidate nuts and questioning her intelligence is straight from the misogyny 101 playbook the right has embraced. Did these two men mention my career working to protect our country from terrorist threats? My endorsement by the largest you labor have union it in, our in my district and a national progressive organization. That I don't think is, that would have helped you. That's not helping your cause. <laughs> of course not. It's easier to question my fitness for office by calling me crazy. We yes, were really because, talking about the things you were saying were crazy. Yes, yes. the things you were saying are crazy. Yeah. They are nuts. And yeah. it's not because you're a woman. It's because your your positions are crazy yeah. and nuts. Right. I am running for a delegate because I believe in a future in which our daughters get equal pay. Which already laws on the book for that equal opportunity there's already you know laws in the book on that and don't have to fear sexual harassment or violence in the workplace totally funny story about that right i haven't seen myla john myla johns posting a lot about how the democrats in the general assembly are giving cover to sexual harassers hell we're probably the leading voice anywhere right or left Trying she's, to end the culture of depravity. Right, she's and she's silent enabling this culture. Well, she's she's campaigning for an institution run by members of her party who have systematically done exactly the kinds of things she's talking about. And if she's a leader on that issue, it would be nice for her to call them out. 
we will never see that day until we have more women in leadership roles in society. Which, again... No, that's fine. Yeah. We're not... The idea that we're misogynistic or we're against women because we disagree with you is nonsense. No, it's it's total, total. We've had many, many, f- we've had many, many women candidates we've interviewed, had on the show. Some of them responded in, in response to this. Um, and we've even even female candidates from, you know, Democrats that we've talked to that we've that we've dealt with. Uh, you know, it, you didn't like our criticism of you and some extreme positions you took in, on Twitter. And, uh, yeah, we probably were a little intemperate. And, yeah, Brian called you a jabroni. But, you know, it's not misogyny. I'm sorry, Ms. Johns. It's it's not. No, I mean, it's it's t- somebody who is incredibly thin-skinned who says insane things on the Internet. Look, if you're going to go on Twitter and compare an unborn child to a home invader, Somebody's expect gonna call somebody you to criticize you pretty seriously about right. that. One might say you're a jabroni because of that. I don't know. What, what I find more interesting, by the way, what I'd really like her to address is, is why she's only raised $14,000 um, in her campaign war chest, but has somehow managed to, do, to, to loan herself $100,000. And where'd that money come from? That would be an interesting question. Don't you think, Greg? Well, perhaps she's very successful. Hmm. It, it, it doesn't her report indicate where the money came from? No, it came from her. Came from her. Okay, well, yeah. maybe she's very successful. Maybe she is. Maybe I don't know. But I think that it's not you like know, we don't have any friends who loan themselves a lot of money. Well, that's true. But we're also they're also not trying to pro- pretend they're some progressive championing when they're trying. To well, they're buy, definitely not they're doing trying, that when they're trying to buy their way to the nomination as a left wing Looney Tunes candidate. You know, look, <laughs> look, Myla. Now see, there you go. Look, Myla. Your positions are nuts because they're nuts. Right. The fact that you think it's because we think you're nuts because you're a woman shows that you are nuts. Okay? And it's not because you're a woman. It's because your positions are radical and extreme and immoral and belong nowhere near the general assembly. You really should seek help for some of the positions that you have. Quite frankly, I mean there's the psychologist could have some some fun with that. But I mean, this is this. It's, is, it's, it, look, you can call us misogynist because we disagree with you, but your positions are are especially the ones that we were discussing. Um, it's one thing to be pro-abortion. It's another thing to look at an unborn child as as a home invader. compare it to a home invader. Right. That's and to have more sympathy and empathy for someone who's broken into a home illegally than for an unborn child. Right. I mean, that. If you can't see why that draws a pretty strong reaction and and question and why people uh, like us who are pro-life don't question your discernment and your and your and judgment your fitness for office, um, then, you know, uh, then you don't want to see it. But it has nothing to do with gender. And I hasten to point out, by the way, if what we did to her was misogyny. How is what we said about her last week, even this week, any different than what we just said about Dan Morheim and Pat McDonough? It's nothing. It's nothing. Obviously, it's, it's not, not different. Right. It just shows somebody who is totally ignorant and has a sad. Well, that no, somebody I, got called out. Got, got, she got called out. Well, I mean, it's it's easy to hide behind that term because someone criticized. It, it's it's interesting that she doesn't actually fairly describe what her positions were that we were disagreeing about. No, of course not. She wasn't defending a woman's right to choose. If you if she had simply said, "I believe in a woman's right to choose," and we said, "Oh, that's insane," then she'd have a point. But of course, that's not what she said. She compared 
an unborn child to a home invader. And by the way, I, I hasten to point this out, an, too. A bod- didn't you call it a bodily invasion? Yes. Or an unwanted invasion? Yes. Okay, that's not just saying you're pro-choice. No, that's saying you need help. You need psychological help. I'm sorry. I mean, that's... You you're know, not sorry. Don't say you're well, sorry. I mean, but it's, it's, that's, that is not how a normal person talks about another human being. Okay? It, Bottom it's, line. It's, it's extreme. It's, yeah. it's very, very extreme. Right. I think the, the message, the moral of the story here for Myla <laughs> is that if you don't want to get treated like a punk, don't act like a punk. Don't be a jabroni. Okay? I, End of sermon. I can't follow that. So. End of sermon. There you go. Well, thank you all for listening. I know Myla Good. Johns listened all the way to the end because she's a new fan. That's why she spent all yesterday obsessing over posting stuff on Facebook. Uh, well, on we'll page. give Ms. Johns more ammunition. I'm sure I'm, us criticizing her will help her in her with her uh, preferred constituency. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. So, you're welcome. Uh, we have a whole network of shows, in case you've been paying attention here, on, on the Red Maryland Network. This weekend, Saturday... I guess it's going to be Saturday. It will be. Uh, Greg will post another new episode of Red Maryland Election Focus. Great we show got last some... week. Lots of people filing. Greg's yeah. got a lot of interviews to line up still. Yeah. Get uh, RedMaryland at gmail.com. We're trying to get everybody scheduled. It, we're doing them on Saturdays right now. Just FYI, if you're a candidate, shoot me an email. It's the best way to get on. We'd love to have you on. Yeah. RedMaryland at gmail.com. Uh, Sundays, we have the air raid. Not this week. Uh, you're, going on, you're going on a trip. You're going, going on a going cruise. on vacation, yeah. So... You, you know, one of those Shaquille O'Neal boats that, uh, what? haven't you seen the advertisement for Carnival Cruise with Shaquille O'Neal? No. Oh, it's a great ad. No. I'm going on Royal Caribbean. Okay, whatever. So. Um, it's one of those, It's it, it, and you're going on one of those uh, specialty uh, wrestling cruises, right? No, that does, that's not until October. <laughs> I knew there would be one. Yeah, the, the Chris Jericho Rock and, Ra- Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea is this October. So, so if it's Chris Jericho, then, and it's Rock... So Fozzie will be playing. Yeah, oh well, yeah. Yeah. This could be the first time they've ever put a wrestling uh, ring on a cruise ship. They're having a whole... They're having a you whole... know what? I don't believe that, but okay. They're having a whole tournament. Ring of Honor's doing a whole tournament on the Sure, boat. why not? That's the end thing, is the, the specialty theme cruise. You have event. talked about that at length before. Yeah. Like the Kiss Cruise. That's actually where the idea came from, was, was Jericho went on the, the Kiss Cruise. Okay, there you go. So I wouldn't go on a, Chris cruise. I'm a Kiss Cruise. I'm not a Kiss Cruise. Are you guy. going on any cruise? No, no, not any time in the near future. Okay. Okay. Uh, Tuesdays, theoretically. Yeah, I've been busy. I can't guarantee. I'll try to do a show next week because well, you're gone. As Greg Greg will also be flying solo yes. on next week's episode of Red Maryland yes. Radio. And barring unforeseen circumstances, we'll have a show next week. A refuge or a Red Maryland Yes, radio? to both. Okay. Yeah. I'll try. Is this going to be a problem? Where I, I was told I'm... that when I did the show in a fatigued state, that people actually loved that. I loved the show. It was so great. It was I'll just bring that energy. If that's if that's what makes people happy, me in some sort of torturous pain, then I'll bring that, and that and that'll be a thing. So if you're the haters, four one zero two zero five four eight seven five, you will help Greg. Oh Payne. yes. Oh yeah. Give me twenty minutes worth of content so I can just play it. Yeah. <laughs> Hate content. Give the number again. What's the number? 410-205-4875. Or you can email at redmaryland at gmail.com. Yeah, I can read them. That's fine, uh, too. You can subscribe, by the way, to all those network shows. Say on. how great Pat McDonough is and how none of this is his fault, and he's the victim of a, a conspiratorial uh, whatever. The Twitter bot. You know, whatever. He lost all his followers on Twitter. 
That's someone We gained followers today. I just want to point that out. I know. I didn't um, lose any followers. I guess, you know. Yeah. Anyway. Hi, Dan. Um, you can subscribe. iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, the TuneIn Radio app, and Google All Play. You can have them, our shows automatically downloaded to the device of your choice. Please do that. Oh, of course, the home base. Don't cost for, nothing. The home base for all things Red Maryland, redmaryland.com. Yep. Uh, blogtalkradio.com slash Red Maryland. Click on the support us link, and you can show your ways to support Red Maryland. We've gotten uh, a lot of great contributions lately, which yes, we're we very have. thankful for. Thank you. Yes. We have thanked people yes, for that. And, that's, and we're very appreciative. Thank you notes have gone out. Thank yes. you. Um. Thank you. That's what I was curious. <laughs> that was our off-air meeting that we just had on the air <laughs> to pull the curtain back. Um, yes, thank you. And if you want a thank you note from us, paypal.me slash redmaryland is how you can, we'll be happy you can to do, do that. that. Or you can click on our Amazon link and make your purchases through that Amazon link. Yeah. A portion of that purchase comes back to Red Maryland and helps grow and enhance the network. Or you can buy, uh, go to Zazzle.com slash Red Maryland, buy some Red Maryland Network swag. Still don't have the Hey Brother shirt. Um, uh, stay tuned. Quite yet, but we're, we're working on it. Uh, and again, I think Red if we actually do that, we have to give one as a gift to the... That would be potential. To, yes. to the good delegate. Also, yeah. Facebook.com slash Red Maryland. Yeah. Instagram what at Red Maryland. What size do you think you'd be? Twitter at Red Maryland. I, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know, but let us know. You can let us know on Facebook. Yeah. Twitter or Instagram at Red Maryland. Delegate Anderton, what what size T-shirt do you take? Right. I'd say extra large. I always like him a little bit bigger. Okay. He goes to the gym a lot. He's he's from the selfies that I've seen on Instagram. I'd go X large. Of him, just say if that wasn't clear. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this is ending in a place the I didn't know. The plane just going went off the runway. Oh. Any final thoughts, Greg? You expect me to follow that? Uh, no, but do you have any final Have a safe thoughts? trip. Thank you. I hope to, to do that. Thanks for listening. Thank you. And, uh, again, RedMaryland.com, the home base for all things Red Maryland. Remember, here at the network. Thank you very much for listening. You have been listening to Red Maryland Radio on the Red Maryland Network. Oh, radio, tell me everything you know.